For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Hello, welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I am Eric Fisher, and my co-host today is Kim Reynolds. This is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We cover the social media news that broke in the last few days, and on this show, We're going to explore the YouTube going live updates as well as one other piece of news with Owen video. We're going to be talking about Instagram adding uh, hashtags and profile links in the bio with Jen Herman, as well as some Instagram algorithm updates. We're going to talk briefly about the LinkedIn creative video tools and much more breaking social media news of the week. And with that, we'll bring in our first guest, Owen Video. Owen, welcome to the show. It's your first time. Welcome. Hey. On the show, I want to thank all the people who helped get me here. Uh, But I'm excited to be with you guys on a Friday morning talking about my favorite subject, which is YouTube. Yeah. Well, so much so that that's like basically your last name, not YouTube. You video. So. (laughs) Owen Video. No, I, I, I had I have a real last name. I, I promise you I was born to have parents, but that last name is so hard to memorize. I found I found that just constantly people were mispronouncing it and taking attention away. So I thought, hey, why not just step into this role of Owen video? And and that's what I did. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty ironic last name. And then I thought about it and looked you up a little bit harder and then was like, oh, duh. So good branding. Random though. Thing, a guy named Owen video out there. And that's a whole nother subject. But I found my long lost soul brother, you know, through changing my <laughs> Nice. So YouTube, hello, like YouTube has made two new updates and they are both regarding live video. So cue us in here. What's the news with YouTube? Look, it's super exciting. And I think this is what happens when there is healthy, robust competition in the marketplace, right? Facebook is doing some amazing stuff and YouTube responds by adding a click to go live button right on the YouTube interface. So you can go live from just about any page on YouTube now in two clicks. Now, I'll tell you, the technology that they use to do this, okay, this is Google Hangout. This is not not new technology. They're calling it uh, no encoder, go live without an encoder. And there's there's probably some encoding going on behind the scenes, but you don't have to know about it now. It It used to be, Eric, that you had to, log into YouTube, you had to click on your navigation screen, you had to click on Creator Studio, you had to click on live streaming, you had to click on create events, and then you could go live right then if you didn't enter in any titles and stuff. So this is making it way easier to live stream and that is is going to be powerful. It's a powerful move for YouTube. I got distracted just you listing off off all those steps. So I can imagine what somebody who doesn't know anything about going live would think. 
Oh, and you know what? It gets super technical. We have to remember that YouTube was the first online company to broadcast uh, a presidential debate, okay, in 2008. That, that, that was no small feat. I mean, they did an amazing job there, but they rested on their laurels, right? They rested on that tech. So going into YouTube and streaming live from OBS or, or from uh, Wirecast or vMix, uh, uh, these softwares you might be, encoders you might be using, took multiple steps and a lot of tech, even the verbiage on the screen was like, huh, I got to have a lot. <laughs> and uh, this is going to make it so that we can, it, it, it emulates the mobile system on mobile. Um, for those of us with enough subscribers, we can go live just two clicks, you know, and, uh, and that I think is important for getting more people over to YouTube where there is tons of great content both commercial content, you know, for business owners that are producing content. And also there's just great shows over there. So let's illustrate how simple this is. Walk people through what they need to do to use this new tool. Yeah. Okay. So it's stick, stick with me here, folks. <laughs> so log into YouTube. And then at the upper right hand side of the screen, normally you would, it would be the upload button, but that's now changed to an option button. You can either go live or you can upload a, a video. You click go live and then it basically has you open up your camera, uh, set up a quick title. It looks just like the mobile system, like just like the mobile system, only on a desktop. So you pick your title, you pick your descriptions. If you're using tools like TubeBuddy, then you'll have you know automatic descriptions that already fill in there for you and five second countdown and you're live. Never been this easy to go live on YouTube. And as a live streamer, I'm very excited about this. Yeah, this this is huge for people who don't want to have the headache of having to know all the that, that different software and then plug it in and attach it and do stream keys and all this other, you know, oh. I mean, I'm already digging too deep for a lot of people. So, yeah, horrible, horrible stuff. You know, <laughs> this is going to put more people on YouTube. Uh, which is going to open up uh, uh, YouTube advertising to new people, which is is just a, a good thing. It's a good thing um, for those of you that are social media managers that usually that are that are doing stroller companies and light bulb companies and broom companies and, and headphone companies. YouTube's a good thing for you, and this is going to make it easier to compete in that in that marketplace. That's a very good call. Yeah, I mean, because again, there's a lot of reason why you want to not just go live on Facebook or Periscope or uh, well, I know I'm missing something else, but but basically to be able to categorize uh, this, you know, being able to go live on on YouTube and have it be a series in an existing playlist, like. So, so good, especially with the, the, uh, the SEO advantage there, right? Yeah. My video ranks faster. I, I went, I went into a client's location and I said, okay, right. But right when I got there, I set up a YouTube live. Okay. And I said, we're going to, we're going to see where this ranks, you know, uh, insurance company Carlsbad, uh, by the end of our time here today, by the end of the meeting. Okay. Um, that video was on the homepage of Google for, insurance companies in, in Carlsbad. Live video ranks faster, okay? And you can use live video to do Q&A sessions. And, and we just did a, a whole series on how you could use live video on my YouTube channel to do live Q&A sessions, product demos, and stuff that will rank faster and continue to drive traffic to your website. So lots of, lots and lots and lots of good things here. 
So are there any restrictions or limitations right now? I know that there's some browser specifics, right? Yeah, I believe it's only on Chrome that this is available. And that's going to change really soon. But honestly, you know, like, what are you guys using other than Chrome anyway? Like, what are you using? <laughs> Stick with Chrome. It's, it's amazing. I have Safari just in case I have to do these back and forth things. But there is a Chrome restriction. We know that that's going to open up. But here's the thing. I started a new channel yesterday for uh, a client work that we're doing. And as soon as I went back, I had that live button. So you will be able to broadcast right now today. If you have no channel, get a webcam, get a, get a microphone. You don't even need a microphone. Just, just get a webcam and start going live today in two clicks. You don't have to master any software or tech. You can just jump right in like a, like a tiger. Get in there. <laughs> I think I would be more likely to go live on YouTube than Facebook because I feel like I know so many people on Facebook that I get a little camera shy. But whereas YouTube, I don't really have an audience or know the audience that I would be. It seems like it would be less of a, a barrier to entry. Yeah, that's a good point. I remember we were talking about the you had to get a certain amount of followers to be able to go live from the YouTube mobile app previously. This doesn't have that restriction, does it? There's no certain follower count you need. And that's interesting. You know, um, I wonder if it's the same people that are running the show. Um, but I'll tell you this, the, the mobile app, the desktop app is definitely modeled after the mobile app. It, it is, it is a, a near identical experience um, having been able to do, to do both of those things. Uh, and I think desktop is really, you, you know, there's a lot of value in desktop because you can, you have a built-in tripod. You, you can, you can have a studio or a set design. We were talking with the doctor, uh, on live stream the other day. He was a guest on my show and, and he moved his cabinet three feet to have a better live stream set in his office. That's all he did, but it, it made that look better. Uh, desktop provides like a safety that mobile doesn't always provide, you know, and especially in terms of, audio quality and the ability to control your environment. And I think that puts a lot of people at ease too. Knowing you can yeah. shut the door, right? And and for, for those of us that are home-based, um, keep the noise out, right? Yeah. And focus on your live stream. Really look at that camera. Whereas on mobile, cool stuff. I'm very pro-mobile. But, you know, you got distractions. We were shooting at social media marketing world like four times. People would just walk in the middle uh, of our of our set. So there's... You know, <laughs> Um, Alfred Hitchcock always filmed in studio because he wanted full control over his environment. And there's a lot of value in that. So uh, there's another update here. YouTube has launched YouTube director on site. So cue us in here a little bit on this. Uh, YouTube director. uh, What is that? And what can we do with that? Is that going to be something that's super technical like this other one wasn't? About YouTube director. I really have to give YouTube a standing ovation because <laughs> this is an incredible service. So, so YouTube launched an app a couple of years ago called YouTube Director. And, and in this app, they have these templates. So you can like put your camera up on screen and, and make a quick video. Well, YouTube Onsite Director goes a step further. And now YouTube is actually going to send a real videographer to your place of business for two hours to get shots of you, professional equipment in your office, in your environment, working. They're then going to edit that video within seven days 
And then they're going to give you an ad specialist to help you get that ad uploaded into the YouTube ads interface. All they're going to help you. They're going to help you target your audience. They're going to help you set up the ads. And I don't know if you guys have seen AdWords. It is not necessarily user friendly. <laughs> they're going to have to walk you all through that. Your old, the only thing you have to do is pay for $350 in YouTube ads. 350 bucks. You get the video, the, the script development, the on screen, the on site videographer and an ad specialist to help you get that ad out. This is amazing in so many ways. Okay. Hold on. Oh, yeah. This sounds too good to be true. So what, yeah. what does it cost again? Cause I'm not sure that all of that makes sense as to, sm I thought I heard a number and it sounded way too small. Yeah. And let me tell you, uh, I walked through this system myself. I, I said the same thing you did. I went to the website. I set it all up. In fact, we have a video coming out on my channel today that, that walks you through the whole system. Um, I literally have signed up for a videographer. They are scheduled to come to my house. I have her picture. I have her name. I have a private work room where, where we're all sort of working and there's a checklist there. It's like, okay, scheduled your shoot. That's checked off. Now it's like script development, which she's doing. Uh, then it's video shoot, then it's edit, then it's upload. So all of those things are, are in this workroom and they're grayed out. Okay. Um, so, so what's, I'm looking at the questions in the, in the, in the comments. That's a great <laughs> question. Um, they're walking me through that system. I have paid nothing as of yet, but I am obligated to a $350 ad spend, meaning I got to spend the money on the ads. Okay. $350. I, charge $350. I mean, for the shoot alone. And I, I really charge a lot more than that. You're right. Uh, I'm going to use equipment. This is an incredible deal. Wow. Yeah. It, okay. So your person sounds a little more on the ball than yeah. I have one scheduled also for next week. And, um, but your person sounds more on the ball than my person. So <laughs> You went, you got it scheduled and you haven't, you, you didn't schedule it or what? Cause yeah, it's scheduled. It's scheduled already. He's coming out next week. See, that's all I have. That's all I have set up. But I have the workroom and yeah. sign up for the service. They ask you two questions, right? They ask you like, tell me about your business and tell me what you want people to do after they see the video. Right. So you put those things in and they require a certain amount. You can't just like get by with like, oh, I, I want to sell pancakes, right? They, they're going to say, oh, sorry, I, I need uh, I need more info. And you got to fill out like, it's like 200 characters, 300 characters. It's very right. small. Um. And then they put you in a workroom where you can see what's going to happen next. So right now, my videographer is working on my script. And I, I'm sure it's, it, it's a template. Here's what's yeah. interesting, okay? When I got my start when I was in college, I went back to college when I was 29 years old. I was brand new married and I wanted to get my degree in media. So I did. While I was going through, to, through college, I got set up with a company that was doing this, this exact same thing. We, they were going to companies. They would pay me, right, to go to companies and shoot their videos for free. And then they would, they would try to, to sell them advertising space sort of on their, on their platform, right? And it was, it was a great model. That's how I got my start. I built up this huge client base. So I, Michael Selzner is saying loss leader. Uh, I, I love this. Uh, I love this, this whole system. It, it is a loss leader. And they are going to bring millions of new businesses online to finally start advertising to me. Yeah. I want to hear from these guys. I do. I, I want to know about the new and exciting companies that are happening in Oceanside, California, and San Diego, and Vista, and Encinitas. But none of these guys know how to get online. This yeah. is a fantastic tool to get online. And 
It is putting good videographers, because they have to be YouTube approved, putting really great videographers into the business community, which I'm, I'm just so in favor of that. Um, I can't wait to see how this pans out. Uh, they've got examples of videos on their website. And you know what? I think that anybody in your audience would be happy to have a video like, like the videos, you know, in there, uh, in there. In there. I've got, and then you'll be able to use them on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Is there, <laughs> there, I, I don't know. I mean, let's, that's a great, that's a great point. Let's, there might be some signatures there that say, Hey, you got to use this on, uh, on YouTube. So I, yeah. I don't know. Exclusively. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm in a small town. You guys both have scheduled it and you're in larger areas. Do they say anything about like where they're rolling this out just yet? Like location yeah, wise? 170 cities, 170 cities. And that's up from nine. Okay. This was beta testing in nine cities, uh, mostly on the East coast. So I'm in the San Diego metro area and you should see the map. There's actually, there may be a map on the TechCrunch article. If we link to that in the TechCrunch article, there was a map of where they're located. Okay. We're looking at all major coastal cities uh, and lots of areas in between the major areas. So we're seeing a, a good array. There's going to be some folks that just, you know, don't, don't have the ability to do it, but it's only going to get bigger. And I would recommend that you go to youtube.director.com. And maybe you guys, yeah, there it is, director.youtube.com. Go there and walk through the problem. What do you have to lose, right? You can always back out, check out if they've got, uh, you know, uh, to a certain point, check out if they have a, a person in your area, you Perfect. know, and move on from there. 300, let me tell you, we are crushing it with YouTube ads right now for our clients. We are running multiple thousands of dollars in YouTube ads every single month and nobody is there. Uh, we, we can advertise to whoever we want and we're getting amazing click-through rate prices uh, that rival Facebook ad prices, okay? Nice. But we're getting a better quality user because we don't have to pay them to get them to watch the video. They already watched it. So when they go to our landing page, the, the, the deal is done. These are higher converting clients. So uh, YouTube ads, folks, YouTube ads. Awesome. <laughs> Owen, you rocked it. I can't wait to have you back on the show soon. Oh, yeah. But for now and in between that, you know, now and then tell people where they can find you online. Hey, guys, I'm live on Facebook every Wednesday at 9 a.m. PST for the Business of Video podcast. We would love for you guys to join us on the podcast. We talk with the top video makers and marketers with what's working to actually grow your business with online video. You can check us out at owenvideo.net. That'll take you to the YouTube channel. You can stay in touch with me there as well. Awesome. Owen, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, guys. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Owen. <laughs> he broke the camera. No. So uh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That, I mean, seriously, I'm still kind of reeling at the 350 number because that just seems unreal to me. It seems, again, it's that too good to be true uh, number. So, Yeah. Anyway, we've got. Well, we'll know next week. Yes, yes, we'll 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 definitely see because you're going to have firsthand experience with it because you yeah. scheduled uh, yours. So I'm I'll be actually interested yeah. to hear uh, what happens there with that. Um, you know, shoot. So yeah, there me you too. Go. But in the meantime, we're going to roll into our next segment with Instagram and Instagram expert Jen Herman. Welcome to the show, Jen. Woo 
I'm here. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited. And can we just talk about the fact that Owen's obviously a podcaster because man, that man can bring it. I'm just saying. <laughs> he's got the energy. He is on it. He's got like that rehearse, like where to find him. I love it. I love Owen. Yeah, he's got it. He's got it down. We're we're very pleased. So uh oh, but, yeah. but that's no slight on you. You know what you're talking about. So let's talk about this. <laughs> Instagram. I think it was two days ago and then yesterday, some some other piece of news. So break this down for us. Like people have been asking us what they need to do about this. We'll get into tactics in a second. But what's the actual news? So a couple things. And I do want to say I've got the microphone on. So hopefully you can hear background noise. But my daughter is in the background. And this is my third call this morning. So she's getting kind of annoyed that I'm ignoring her. And she's trying to play the drums in the background. So hopefully she will cooperate. And you guys don't hear like horrible music in the background. Um, but yeah, so there were a couple announcements this week from Instagram. The first that I want to talk about that was probably kind of the biggest um, was the algorithmic changes. That's what came out yesterday. So they did announce a change to how they plan on running the algorithm, which this is when Instagram actually tells us something like we all know this is kind of a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. So they will now put more recent content higher in the feed. This is not going back to chronological. Everyone's like, yay, chronological is coming back. No, no, that's not what's happening. But they will stop bumping as much old content. So you know how like you'll log in and you see these things where it's like four days ago, three days ago, and you're like, whoa, like how long have I been off of Instagram? Yeah. So they're, they're going to do less of that older content. Um, this is good for users. They're very happy about this. Everybody is like, you know, jumping for joy. But I do want to always kind of caution business owners and marketers from this perspective that the old algorithm was great. If your audience loved your content and they hadn't seen your content from three days ago, it would show up high in their feed because they liked your content. But now with this shift, if they didn't see your content from three days ago, they may not see it now with this new change. I'm saying may because none of us really know. And the algorithm is still very independently focused. Um, so if you're still always engaging with my content, you may still see some of my older content because Instagram wants to make sure you don't miss it. But this does mean there may be a shift from a marketer's perspective in terms of when, like how much of your content will be seen. Will more of it be seen or less of it be seen? You know, we don't really know right now. This does not mean to go out and start sharing more content. Please do not go down that horrible <laughs> rabbit hole of like, oh, great, let me create more content. Right. Um, but just be more cognizant of your audience behaviors. When are they most active on Instagram? When are they most likely to interact with your content? Is Tuesday a better day for you than a Friday or vice versa? And just be aware of your audience interactions so that you can make sure you're putting your content out there at those ideal times to kind of mitigate that risk. But yes, users are very happy about this. So that was one of the big news. Um, Related to that is the new post update in the feed. So if you're scrolling through your feed and you know how like sometimes it would refresh and like bump you back to the top and you'd lose your part or like where you were in the right. feed. And then you were like, oh my gosh, like I didn't see all the other photos I wanted to see. And it was super annoying. That will no longer happen. They're testing that new post feature where you can keep scrolling. And when you're ready to hit new post, it'll take you back to the top and refresh the feed. So that I think a lot of people are super happy about because it's yeah. that was super annoying for anybody who's like a heavy user um, that would have those refreshes. So that was yesterday's news. Um, and then it was, it was either Monday or Tuesday. Like this has all happened in like, you know, a matter of three days. We've had all these other announcements come yeah. out. Um, and so the hashtags and usernames in the bio was the other big news that came out. Um, and that was something where they basically said, now 
you can have clickable hashtags or clickable usernames in your bio. In the past, if you put hashtags on mobile, they weren't clickable. They were clickable on desktop, but they weren't clickable on mobile. Now they're going to be clickable. Do I care? No. <laughs> Is it a big deal? <laughs> kind of. So <laughs> you know me, I have an opinion on everything. <laughs> um, but, and here's the thing. The reason why I don't necessarily care is because if it's a branded hashtag, like if I was to put my hashtag Jen's Trends or my hashtag Learn From Jen, and that's clickable, great. That's going to send people to my content. So that's a valuable thing. But why would I put hashtag Instagram expert or hashtag social media marketer or any of the, like, if someone clicks on that, they're leaving my profile mm-hmm. and going to find everybody else that's created content on that hashtag. Why would I want them to do that? As a business marketer, I want them to stay with my content, like <laughs> not send them to everybody else. So I can already see people are going crazy with the hashtags and they're putting in like five hashtags. There is absolutely nothing to show that there is any change in terms of search criteria. Yes. So if someone goes to search for hashtag Instagram expert, they're not going to find my bio because I use that hashtag. There's no correlation with that at this point. So there's no real advantage to using those hashtags aside from saying, hey, I have an interest in this or this is my field. But guess what? You can say that in words, not a hashtag. So that I really don't care much about aside from, like I said, the branded perspective. Um, The usernames, however, could be really good. You don't want to use your own username. They're already on your profile. Right. But if you have an aligned account, like maybe you people know you as a person, but you have a business profile, then on your personal account, you could put your at username for your business account and drive people there. If you partner with other brands, like I could say, you know, contributor to at SM examiner blog. And so I could send people to the, you know, your guys' blog because I write for you guys regularly. So if there's an affiliation in that way, you could use those. Um, if you're somebody, I used the example recently, um, if you were a photographer and let's say you do a combination of portrait photography, but you also do landscape photography and you have two separate Instagram accounts because they're two completely different audiences, you could cross promote each of your accounts on your other profile saying, I also do portrait photography at this, or I also do landscape photography at this. So there's a lot of ways the app username could be beneficial. Um, I think that one is more valuable, but again, don't go tagging people just to be like, hey, trying to get exposure or pretend like you're affiliated with somebody. Anybody who gets tagged will get the notification and here come the drops. I don't know if you can hear that in the background, but she is going crazy in the living room. Um, but if people that you tag in your user profile will actually get a notification that you tag them and they can deconnect that if they want to, which yes. means if they get the yeah. notification, they can say, we don't want to be connected with you in that way, in which case it's not clickable. So, and they can come back and be like, Hey, you can't put that in there. Like, we don't know you, we don't want you using that. So don't be ridiculous and try to like spam accounts and think that that's going to get you exposure. And so that was all of the announcements in like six minutes. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, you covered, you covered it all. So let's, let's recap like what you think people should be using these for one caution. Do not over link to other people's accounts that you're not contributing yes. to or not friends with or not part of affiliated with. And don't go crazy with hashtags, especially when mm-hmm. they're clicking away from your bio. What else would you say to that? Yeah. Um, well, in, that's the thing. The biggest, I want people to think about this strategically. Like if you, Instagram gives us these new tools, how do any of these tools help you as a business? If they don't help you, you don't have to use them. Like you can go to my profile. I don't have any hashtags or at usernames in my profile. Like I don't need them. 
they're not going to help me at this point. So just think strategically. Don't feel like because it's the shiny new toy that we all have to run down that rabbit hole of trying it. And, and you're, you don't have any more profile characters than you had yesterday or the day before. So it's not like you, you can add more because now you can add hashtags. So now you have to delete things out of your profile to put these other things in. So just really think strategically. Is this something of value to your business? If it can benefit you, by all means, use it, embrace it, have fun with it. It can definitely help add some personality or like I said, that integration with other accounts. Um, but don't do it just for the sake of doing it. Yeah. So for example, on our account, I wanted Jeff. Jeff came up with the idea. He was like, we should add, you know, hashtag SMMW18 in our profile because that's great for people to click through yes. and see all yeah. the posts that are tagged with that because people are still out there posting crazy from the conference. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Makes and a that's lot of great. Sense. That's a, that's a strategic reason that perfectly aligns. Like you said, it, and you have to remember when people come to Instagram, majority of the time, the only time they read your profile bio is the first time they find your account. Most of the time, if they're coming to your profile, um, it, afterwards, it's to click on the link to go to your website. Most of the time, they're only looking at your bio and reading it the first time they come to your profile. So it's that first impression. It's that elevator pitch of who are we? Why are we awesome? Why should you follow us? So you want to have that personality and that interest level. And so if those hashtags can drive people to more of your content, if you have a hashtag that your audience uses to create user-generated content, put that hashtag in there because people will go and see that. And it's not your curated content that you or your created content. It's all that curated content that other people have created on your behalf. That's great. Send them to that. Show a different side of your business from your audience perspective. Absolutely. Hands down a great idea. But you don't want to do it just for the sake of, like I said, sending everybody off to anybody else in that industry or that space, which is not going to give you any direct benefit in terms of your brand. Yeah. Well said. Great. Direction. Yes. Honestly, I don't have any other questions. You so succinctly wrapped up the news and like jumped ahead. I stumped any Eric. Yeah. My mission is accomplished. You insta stumped me. So, uh, Jen, thank you. We're so glad you were able to join us and uh, let everybody know where they can find you online. So I am at jenstrends.com, J-E-N-N-S with two N's. Um, and I'm on Instagram at J-E-N-N-S underscore trends. Make sure you use the underscore because the Jen's Trends, I think, has all of like 13 followers. Um, it was somebody who snagged that one years They're ago. They're not following your advice. Uh, no, they are not. <laughs> um, but yeah, come find me. Anytime there is breaking news or relevant information about Instagram, I do share it on my Instagram profile, either in my stories and or on my profile. I've been talking about all these latest updates on my Instagram accounts. So if you go to at Jen's underscore trends, um, all that information is always there to keep you up to date. Obviously, like you guys do, I know you guys have jumped on live a couple times this week covering all this news and that's been awesome too. Awesome. Jen, thank you so much. Great seeing you and yes, hope to have you back you. on soon. I will gladly be back soon. <laughs> thank you, Jen. All awesome. right. Bye, See guys. You thank Bye. you. Bye. Very cool. Yeah, she did a great job. I, I mean, seriously, I had questions and then she would go into it further. And then my question was answered before I even got to ask it. So oh, I know. that's great. I love it. I love it when I don't have to say anything. <laughs> the show runs itself. Anyways, hey. <laughs> uh, Kim, we have another segment here where we're going to talk about the LinkedIn creative tools for LinkedIn video. They came out with two new pieces of I mean, they're calling it creative tools, two new creative tools. One, they're referring to uh, as um, 
that, see, they, they, they don't call it a sticker, but I, I keep thinking of it as a sticker. There's like text right. options and overlay or text, or, you know, filters. They call them but, filters. But when they say filters, that's in my mind a mistake in terms of marketing because everybody in yeah. marketing right now is kind of trained to think when they think filter and social media, they think camera filter or augmented reality filter. They don't think right. a sticker on top of your video, right? So, right, exactly. Yeah, they're stickers. Yeah. They're so, stickers and you can also type in text <laughs> and you get three different three different options as far as text style. Yes. Text style. So, so. unfortunately, this is not in conjunction with live video on LinkedIn. We can only hope. But, you know, again, when that rolls out, we'll be all over it talking about what that does and how we can do it. But uh, yeah, well, what do you think of this? The interesting. I think I think that it's uh, it's it's LinkedIn. Trying to do something. You sounded so enthused when you said it's LinkedIn. Well, they're trying to do something and I appreciate the effort. I think that it will get better. It, um, what I found interesting is that you can use these features when you record a video, but you can also use them if you upload your pre recorded video. Yes. So I thought that was good. Um, I, I do believe it's mobile only. It is. Yeah. And, um, you know, so so that's fine. I'd uh, I'd like to see where you could submit your own sticker, filter, whatever you want to call it, because it would be great to have it for events and stuff like that. Um, they're just starting. They're just taking baby steps. They are, and you know, good for them. Good for them. You know, branching out into video and even some. <laughs> I, I still laugh a little bit in my head uh, and, and out loud when I think of when Jeff and I went live earlier this week to talk about this, Kristen Bowen, one of our community members, she mm-hmm. made a great crack at this and said, this looks like your mom's Snapchat. Yeah. And yeah. I still I mean, I'm, I'm holding it back now, but it, it's hilarious. I mean, this really does look like the clip art version of Snapchat, you know, so. Yeah. But but oh, you might hear me say that and you might hear me being down on LinkedIn about this. And I am not. In fact, I think this is actually really cool. I think the implementation is lacking, but I think the potential here is huge. So. Well, remember they tried this um, like last fall sometime and it was one overlay or one filter, if you will, for uh, an event. And then I was thinking, well, you know, are they going to, is this going to be more widely released? Is it going to be available for everyone? And lo and behold, here it is. So I figured just give them a little bit of time. And, but I think the, the really valuable thing would be if you could create your own overlays and upload yeah. them and let people use them. Well, one, again, if this was live video, that would be the, the, the biggest thing they could add to it. But two, yeah, you had avi- having your own overlays being able to create them and import them or upload them and have them right. readily available is great. Um, unfortunately, this isn't available for business pages. It's only profiles. So that's unfortunate. Um, there's one well, other and Jeff thing. Jeff just made a really good comment. He yeah. said, beyond the air sticker doesn't make sense because it's not live. Which that's leads true. That actually leads exactly into one of the other issues I have with this is that You have to uh, and we'll go through the steps here real quick and then it'll illustrate my point. Number one, you open up the mobile app on iOS or Android and you tap the they say tap camera. Well, they highlight the video camera, but there's two cameras there. So one, Mm -hmm. have a little bit more consistency or, or conciseness on your directions here because there's a video camera option and there's a regular camera, a photo camera. They just say tap camera. 
So anyway, yeah. it's the video camera. Then the next step is you have to record or upload then. And then in post, you add the uh, filters or the text. Now, the text makes sense later to add it at different points, almost as if it's like individual snaps or stories. But mm-hmm. this is an ongoing video. So not knowing where you're going to position or have that, you know, on air video or the, you know, there's like side hustle and work high five. Those are the. Uh, I don't even know what I, that is. I don't know what a work. I mean, I guess right now we could do a, a work high five, but it would be two screens. There you go. So somebody screen somebody make a gif of that. Um, yeah. But not knowing where the stuff's going to be positioned. Like it's actually, it would almost make sense. Right. Let me put my, let me position my stickers, sorry, my filters uh, in the places I want them first. And then let me go around and record so that I've got a, um, you know, a, a, an idea for context of where exactly. that is. Cause I may record the video and then be like, oh crap, I can't put it there where I want it to. Cause that blocks out his face at this point in the video, but not later. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. Anyway. Well, and I do think that the terminology should be more consistent across all of the different platforms mm-hmm. because it will it, it does mess you up with filters. It does. I mean, these are not filters. So, but <laughs> yeah. like you said, they, they're just even, baby steps. They're making an effort, and yeah. that's good. And, and it's someone good. else, someone else pointed out, hey, maybe this was a slip up, and they and with the on the air, and they actually are going to be having live video soon. Could be. I mean, it really would, would make cool. it would make sense to to put the filter or banner on the air on your video if you were live. That would be perfect. Exactly. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, uh, we've got some other LinkedIn news. LinkedIn has introduced a new ask for a referral button. This is the ask for a referral. Oh, so yes. when you go to apply for a job and you can see this little area here, it says ask for a referral and then it. It pulls up a list of people that you're connected with and you can ask them for a referral for this job. The people that you're connected with and that are connected to the company. That's the other thing. So mutual connections. And then they also give you help in creating the message that you want to send to the person. So you, there's like three different templates you can use to guide you along creating the message. And the stats are pretty impressive as far as the increase in likelihood of you actually getting a call back regarding that job. And so nearly 50% of all recruiters say referrals are the leading source of quality hires. And so, and once you've asked for a referral and applied for the job, you're four times more likely to hear back from a recruiter at that company. So I, I think this is a helpful little feature that they've added. Yeah, this is pretty cool. I, you know, again, I'm not looking for a job, <laughs> but uh, you know, people who are and are looking for positions that are posted on LinkedIn have that mm-hmm. advantage with this now this new referral button to be able to tap that on that um, thing and you know on that listing I should say and have it bring up people that are going to be the most effective to choose from to ask for a referral yeah. for that position that's really cool that's some of the background magic of LinkedIn that you know honestly sometimes we just don't think or talk about so. Yeah, I I think that uh, they're coming out with so many new features all the time. I'm proud of LinkedIn. So, so good, yes, like we we kind of sound like kind of sounded like we were you know down on LinkedIn with that previous piece of news. No, we no. are glad they're doing things. It's great. It was just a little bit of a funky implementation and you know the language, yeah. but whatever. But this is great. Yeah. This is great here. So 
I think I think it'll be helpful. And it especially because you may not know how many people you actually know at a company or that you even know anyone at the company. So this is highlighting that for you also. Yeah. So, all right, moving on, we've got some Facebook news. Facebook came out with some stuff when it comes to uh, Messenger in terms of admin privileges and even joinable links. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So um, they just added two new widely requested messaging features and that they want to help keep the group chat experience robust and seamless. And so the first of these is called admin privileges. And that allows someone in the conversation, the admin, to approve new members before they join a group chat, along with the ability to remove, promote, or demote other participants as needed. So if there's somebody in your group chat that's, you know, maybe they've got in the group chat and now they're spamming you or they're just being obnoxious, you can the admin can remove that person and you can also promote other people's to be admins and promote yourself if you don't want to be an admin. And the other great thing about this admin privileges is you don't have to use it. If you're happy with the way that Messenger is working and you don't want admin, the preference is off by default in your group chat settings. So you can just ignore it altogether. But if you do really big group chats, this could be super helpful in keeping the right people in and getting the others out. Yeah. And the, the other the other new feature that they added is um, joinable links. So if you are in the middle of a group chat and you want to invite somebody, you now have a link that you can send to that person so they are added into the chat. And if you have admin privileges set to on, that person will have to be approved before they can enter the chat. So if someone gets the link that shouldn't have it or whatever, you aren't going to be stuck with them. So these, you know, if you're, I think this is more helpful. Facebook says the group chats on Messenger are limited to 250 people at a time, which is a pretty big chat. And if you run big chats, I I wouldn't even know what to do with that. I hate group chats. I hate group chats that are like things from family that are like three to five people, let alone 250. So. Oh, yeah, that would. And I'm, I'm guessing this is. I really don't know the application for this. If you, maybe you're putting together an event or a a special party or something like that, that would be helpful. But 250 people, I just can't even imagine it. That would just be craziness. That is craziness. So now we're moving into our shopping segment, as I have labeled it yesterday during show prep meeting. Uh, We've got a number of different networks doing different new things in the area of shopping. And I'm not giving it all to you, but you're going to kick it off. Okay. And this is a big one. Facebook's introduced three new solutions to help drive retail sales. So they're trying to get people in the doors of retailers. And especially because Facebook recognizes that mobile, like pre-shopping, if you will, browsing is so important to the offline experience. And even I know this for fact with myself, even when I'm in a store, I, I tend to be on my phone to the store's website or Facebook page or whatever, you know, like, oh, Am I going to get a deal? Whatever. So they're trying to they're trying to um, make the mobile experience more useful to in store shopping. And so the first of these new solutions is called store sales optimization, and that uses machine learning to help retailers deliver ads to people who are most likely to make an in store purchase, even if they're not an existing customer. And I believe how this works before you could create a custom audience of offline purchasers, upload it to ads and advertise to those people. And then 
you could create a lookalike audience of those people and advertise to them. Well, this, I believe, we don't have this feature at Social Media Examiner yet. So, but this, I believe, is going to be on the ad set level when you go to optimize, you're running ads to like these lookalike audiences and you go to optimize your ads for whatever it's going to be, conversions, clicks, whatever, reach. You'll be able to choose store sales optimization and Facebook is going to magically find the people that are more likely to go into the store and make a purchase, even if they've never purchased from you before, which is amazing. So the the next new solution they have out is in conjunction with Canvas, it's, there are actually tabs for Canvas. So now what you'll see in your newsfeed is you'll see a, a catalog ad. And then when you click on that, you will then go into the full screen Canvas ad. And these new Canvas ads have tabs at the top of the, of the ad so you can go in between different categories. So the same product recommendation engine that drives Facebook's dynamic ads will power the tabs for Canvas. So it's a, it's a whole new look for these Canvas ads. And then the last feature is um, new product categories for dynamic ads. So the hope with this is that advertisers can reach people earlier in their shopping journey. Say, for instance, you are looking for bedroom furniture. You now can be sent to a product category for dynamic ads. It's going to show you a whole bunch of different options. Ordinarily, you would be sent to a specific product, but that's assuming that you know what you want. If you're earlier in the shopping journey, you may just know that you're looking for bedroom furniture. And so now you can go to that category and then browse through all of the offerings. So um, these are these are all aimed at getting people foot traffic in the store and getting them purchasing by prepping their experience online with Facebook ads. Very cool. So, so. moving on in our shopping segment, uh, and yes, this is the one that a lot of people have been in the comments of the live show uh, saying, well, hey, didn't this roll out? And we're like, yes, we're going to get to it. But there's a reason because we're going to talk about it with the shopping segment. So the Instagram shopping experience and and this is in the Instagram feed itself. Um, they launched that. They launched Instagram shopping for businesses in the U.S. Um, a year ago or or last year, I should say. I don't know if it was exactly a year ago, but this tool allowed retailers to add product tags with descriptions, links to the brand's website, pricing with – and all of this was in, in organic posts with a shop tab. And I, I have over time seen more of these. I've actually clicked on them. I have actually bought stuff off Instagram. I didn't think that was going to happen, but it did. So proof that it works because I don't typically buy on a mobile device. But anyway, um, but the new news – is that this past week, Instagram rolled out Instagram shopping to eight more countries, including Australia, Brazil, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, and the UK. So if you're in one of those countries, uh, shop away or Insta shop away, I should say, and uh, enjoy. Yay. That looks pretty cool. It I does. haven't bought anything off, off Instagram yet, but... I'm sure it's going to happen because you sent you you told me about a great place to go shopping on Instagram <laughs> to get the the gluten free. Um, oh yes, yeah, uh, that's what I bought. And- it was uh, 
oh gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to forget, but it was, my wife is gluten-free for health reasons and it was a paleo bakehouse and they and yeah. it popped up and I was like, those donuts look good. So I got them for her for Valentine's day. So, so had sweet. the shop button so there sweet. and everything. And I was like, let's check this out. So it cool. works. Yay. So in other news, Pinterest has extended, this really is a whole shopping. It is. Set. Wow. I forgot about this. So Pinterest extends automated shopping ads to more advertisers. So initially, Pinterest began testing shopping ads with just a handful of retailers, big ones like Ulta, Beauty, Venus, Overstock, Lowe's, blah, blah, blah. And now it's extending this to hundreds of businesses. So I I don't know what the criteria is to be included in this, but Pinterest shopping ads automatically pull from a brand's existing product feed and then turns it into a visual actionable ad. So um, that's, I think that that's pretty, it's kind of like with Facebook's dynamic ads. I think that would be the correlation there is dynamic ads because they both work off of a feed and create them on the fly. And um, this is not the only change they've brought out. So in addition to this, Pinterest is expanding Shop the Look, which adds clickable product tags to a brand's fashion and home decor pins. And he's, uh, Pinterest is expanding this Shop the Look to France, Germany, Japan, and the UK. So lots of interesting stuff happening there. Um, and Pinterest is also testing two new ad designs that give pinners more visual shopping cues and pulls a mix of product shots and lifestyle imagery so people can see how products could fit into their lives. So um, I'm sure we're going to put the link here. So if you're a brand and you're interested in these shopping ads, you can fill out a form and for consideration. Very cool. Not to be left out, Snapchat is now doubling down on its ability to track offline retail traffic by expanding its snap to store program to all brands. And it's also unveiling this new feature called uh, location categories that lets brands target ads directly at specific types of locations. That's pretty interesting. Oh, cool. That is, that's one thing that I've made a mental note to myself that I really, really need to get up on Snapchat ads. I really need to get on top of that. It's, they're being very innovative. And if that's your audience, it's a great place to advertise, I would think. Yeah. So um, Facebook is testing new tools for creators. And the basic news on this is they're experimenting with a range of new tools for creators that will help them identify super fans, connect with brand opportunities, and find more ways to monetize their content. So that's like the three major categories. And... This is um, in the coming months, they said they're going to be testing these new tools for creators. It's still in an experimental phase. And but the first one is Facebook for super fans. And they're starting a new test that highlights a creator's top fans by displaying a badge next to their name and adding their name to a leaderboard of highly engaged fans. So fans have to opt into this experience and they can turn off the feature at any time. But that, you know, I was talking to you about this, Eric, that I think that this is great news because, well, from social media marketing world mm-hmm. and listening to the closing keynote with Pat Flynn, yes. and he's talking about the importance of super fans and nurturing those relationships. And now Facebook is actually giving creators a tool to do just that. And so I think that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, and I'm all about that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So making our job easier. And then as far as brand opportunities, Facebook is trying to help creators manage their content on Facebook and are now testing a content rights management tool design for creators. And so uh, the new rights manager tool includes simplified and automated capabilities and just making it easier for people to use the system and get recognition for their work. And the other side of that is that creators and brands will more easily be able to connect for opportunities to work together. So a creator would be able to like put up a portfolio of what they've done and brands will be able to search for creators in you know a particular area of expertise. And then advertisers can search and find creators to collaborate with and create branded content for campaigns. So that's, um, and I was thinking that there was one other thing. Oh, and then the last thing is, that Facebook is testing a way for fans to become supporters of the creators they love, kind of like Patreon. And um, I don't know how exactly it's going to work, but fans will have the option to support the creator with a monthly payment in exchange for perks like exclusive content, um, a badge highlighting their status as a supporter and different things like that. So these are all new things that should be coming out in the next near future from Facebook specifically for creators. And we have a link how to join that creator community if you're yes. interested. Yeah, you can apply. So yeah. uh it's it's funny you're describing these things and I keep thinking, man, YouTube is trying to Facebook's trying to be more like YouTube. And at yeah. the beginning of the show we were talking about YouTube trying to be more like Facebook where you can just go to the site and click a button and go live. So FaceTube. Everything and then LinkedIn in the middle trying to catch up. So <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, so speaking of Facebook, uh, we wanted to bring your attention to the fact that Mark Zuckerberg this week, a couple of days ago, did post a Facebook post talking about his response to the um, Cambridge Analytica data breach. And so if you don't know, the political data analytics firm Cambridge Analytica deceptively harvested and scraped private user data such as personal identities, friend networks, likes and other pieces of information from over 50 million Facebook accounts. In this post from Mark Zuckerberg, he says um, he apologized for the breach and disclosed that, quote, more important actions to prevent this from happening again today have already taken have already been taken years ago. But then he also goes on to say that he he shared those past mistakes. He then included included a timeline of events from then through now and the steps that Facebook is still needing to take in order to protect its users' personal information and data. Um, unfortunately, uh, due to some of this uh, information coming out before his, and, and some of the delay in his post, um, the cost of the shares of Facebook were were and or may still be dropping. Uh, I didn't look again. Sorry. Um, but I wanted to bring this up because this as marketers affects us because this is another hit to Facebook since the whole Facebook Zero or Facebook Armageddon or newsfeed right. changes that came out back in January when they decided to announce that they were radically changing the newsfeed and diminishing reach for page posts. As marketers, we need to be aware of how people feel about a platform to know its viability. Well, like we said back then, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Be aware of popularity and public opinion sways and be prepared to handle it. So... Closing well, with that, what do you have to say? Well, I, was, 
I was going to say that, you know, there's things that as a, as a user of the platform you can do for yourself, you know, go in and, and deauthorize yes. apps that you don't use. You don't need to have everything connected. If you're concerned about that, then, you know, don't use Facebook login or don't allow these, these third party apps. But, you know, the other thing I would like to throw back in your court here sure. and ask you is, do you, do you think that this is going to impact people advertising on Facebook? Do you think that this is going to change digital spend for people using Facebook? I, Are they going to throw I'll, away Facebook ads? I'll be honest and say, I know it will because we've already had private messages to our Facebook page from people who have clients who are very concerned and aren't sure that they want to move forward with that. So I think every, and I, and I am sure there are people watching slash listen, listening to this show right now that have had that same exact experience. So yeah. again, like we said, I, I point people back to the advice, a lot of the advice that, uh, um, Michael Selzner said when he came on one key piece, particularly, which is having a diverse social media portfolio and marketing plan is definitely the way to go now, coupled with knowing that it's not all about being seen. It's all about, uh, again, like we said before, super fans and being engaged and involved um, with those that are already um, part of your tribe, part of your community. So right. that's where I'm that's where I'm weighing in on this. Yeah. Well, I don't I. Uh... I look at it and I think, okay, this news, first of all, this happened a long time ago. Is anyone really, really surprised or shocked that their data was misused? I, I think it's almost an expectation now that you don't have privacy. Anything you've told Facebook is up for grabs and it's, I'm not excusing Facebook at all. No, they should be more careful. We also have a responsibility me. for our own private information. Right. And so exactly. maybe, maybe this is. You know, tongue in cheek, maybe it's a good thing to wake us up and make us think about the information that we are willing to give for what purpose online with social networks moving forward. But again, yeah. as marketers, we like that we have that data so that we can target people better with our ads. So well, and I know you said that, that yesterday. So <laughs> it is true. I did say that and I stand by that. But I also like that I get better targeted ads. Yeah. I like that the ads that are served to me are things that I'm normally possibly interested in, or at least not so far out in left field. So, so data, data, data. For example, again, that Paleo Bakehouse that I sh actually shopped on on Instagram somehow yeah. knew information enough about me to know that was going to be something worth me buying for my wife for Valentine's Day. So there you go. They knew before you knew. They did. And, uh, yeah. you know. So thank you for helping my Valentine's Day present work, I guess. But the, yeah. so, yeah. So anyway, so in con in, in conclusion, be aware, uh, don't freak out. But at the same time, like, just be smart, like diversify, have a plan. Yeah, that's that's what we're here for. So anyway, that's our show. I want to say special thanks to Jeff C for handling the simulcasts to Grace Duffy, our show producer, and Kim for being an awesome co-host. Thank you. And. I want to say, get the show on your calendar. You can get this there, whether you're going to watch it live with us and interact in the chat, or you're going to listen to it as a podcast afterwards. Go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. Uh, you can also find the audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. New episodes drop every Monday morning, so you can get your news fix. Then uh, just search for social media marketing 
talk show and you'll find it. And with that, I want to say thank you. And I will not see you next week, but you'll have to tune in to find out who is hosting. Yes, yeah, special guest host. With that, I will see you next week. Well, I won't. I'll see you in two weeks. Anyway, great show. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.